this is Joy. And this is Claire. This is episode 327 of the Girls Gone Wild podcast. This episode is sponsored by UnpluggedFloatEssentials.com. The discount code is GGW. What is Unplugged Float Essentials? Where have you been? It's the CBD bath salts that we've been preaching about over the past few weeks. Thank you to everyone who's purchased and tagged us in the photo because we're so excited that you're joining us on this journey of lovely bath salts with Unplugged Float Essentials. So there's CBD bath salts. They're super relaxing. If you went to the CrossFit Games and you need to recover, this is like the perfect way to recover and support the podcast at the same time. Or if you're just like... Summer is nearing its end. You need to collect kids are, your thoughts. Kids are getting back to school. You, mama needs a bath. Mama needs a bath or daddy needs a bath or anybody needs it. Maybe your kids need... Nope. I don't know. I don't know if you're just using your kids. Um, but basically, it's like an Epsom salt, salt bath that also has soluble CBD in it. This is the only CBD bath soap company out there that is using water-soluble CBD powder. Everybody else is using an oil that is not water-soluble. And so this is the best. This is and the best way to get the most CBD out of your bath soap. And it's very anecdotal, but I I swear every time I take a CBD bath, I sleep so well. And it's just lovely. And you so know you, what? If, you know even what? if that's a placebo effect, so be it. So it's be it. Wonderful. Because Joy and Claire need your support. So please support unpluggedfloatessentials.com. You can use the discount code GGW to get a discount off your order. Claire, we're back from the games. My mind is still a little bit in a whirlwind. How are you doing? Same. Mm-hmm. I feel like in general, I wasn't <laughs> as excited for the CrossFit Games this year as I have been in years past. I think there's just so much going on in our lives right now. Like, Brandon's getting ready to start a new job next week. Um, he still is going to be a nurse, obviously, but just on a different unit in the same hospital. But so like we have that going on. I obviously am only like six weeks into my job. You know, now we have two kids. Like we've been, this is our seventh CrossFit Games. And so I have been going to this like the gamut through my all different phases of life. And yeah, going into this, I also felt because of how scattered the qualification process was this year, I felt like I had no idea what to expect. But instead of that being like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I don't know what to expect. I felt just disconnected from it. Like I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, can you believe so-and-so did this at regionals? Like I can't I see too. how they go I at the games. Too. It was like, I don't even know who's going to be there. Yeah. Like it I felt, felt pretty so weird. disconnected. Yeah. It felt very disconnected. I feel like the familiarity of the whole process of getting to the games, I had given up <laughs> because I'm like, I can't track this anymore. This is too much to pay attention to. And that's probably a bad way to look at it. But going to the games, I really was just focused on like, let's have a good time in Madison. Mom Sandy's going to be with us. It's a great time to meet the listeners of the podcast and meet vendors and make connections and eat good food and have a good time. And that's kind of what we did. But I just feel like the like it's really three days of just going and going and going. And yesterday I was like, oh, I'm still, my brain still hurts. And then we have so much going on in the world right now. That's really, really sad. Like you and I talked yesterday and we were going to record and we're like, I'm just not in the mindset to do this right now. Like it's really hard. So we're recording this on Tuesday, August 6th. And we were going to record on the 5th, you know, the over the weekend, there were all these mass shootings. And so it's like, how... This is like the real life of podcasting where the world is can be such a horrible place sometimes. And then we have to get on the podcast and be like, we're going to talk about fun stuff and we're going to be funny and, and like, we're going to cool, be like, like a bunch of families were shot this weekend. How are the CrossFit games? So how are the CrossFit games? And we just like couldn't go there. So I mean, granted, it's a day later, but we have to get an episode. We want to get an episode out for you this week. And so we're like, all right, let's take another day and get our minds right. Because I agree with you. Like I was in the same space as you. I think it was also just taking in all the energy from the games and you being away from Evie for the first time. And there's a lot going on in your family. Like there's all this stuff going on. And we were just kind of like emotionally drained. And I don't think we could have recorded yesterday, or at least it it's still emotional. There's a lot going on. But I think we had some space to kind of just be like, I just need to take a breath and gather my thoughts for what we want to talk about tonight. Um, which of course, we want to recap the games. But that's just like also that hard part of just being a human where life gets really hard and we can't always be super uppity and happy about things because yeah like, I feel like the you know world we've is talked, scary we've talked about in the past people who you know will write on and say like I wish you guys wouldn't talk about you know politics or really like just basically wish you, you that some people wish we wouldn't talk about 
tough subjects because like this is where they go to get to have it be like light and funny and it's like okay I get that and we all need that and I'm glad that we can be that for you sometimes but like maybe just listen to an older episode because this is the world we live in and we have to process these things too and I'll never forget and I'm sure I've talked about this on the podcast before but I'll never forget I was talking to somebody I don't even remember when this was like maybe a year or so ago And they were saying, like, they had tried to start a podcast and it just hadn't really gotten up and running. And they were like, you know, like, life stuff just happened and life just gets in the way. And I realized, like, when life stuff happens, instead of needing a break from the podcast, that's when I feel like I want to podcast the most because that's, like, this is where I process a lot of things. And not, like, you know, I don't come here with, like, my realest, rawest issues because that is more for my inner circle, of course. But, um when it comes to just like life stuff that's going on, like I want to talk about it and I want to talk through it. And I feel like this is a safe space for us to do that. And so when stuff happens, like having two mass public shootings over a single weekend in the United States, like you can't just pretend that that doesn't happen. Well, the other thing I think you're saying too, is when you're wanting to process it with on the podcast is you're wanting to connect to other people. And I know what you're saying is like, I'm not sitting here and I'm going to release my deepest, darkest secrets about things because it's not something to share on the podcast. But I think what we're saying is it feels good to connect to people who may be feeling the same way about certain things. And that's kind of what we're getting at is like, that is just a real human experience. And I'm just not going to ignore that because at my core, I have a bleeding heart and there's things that are going on that we just can't ignore. And if we, if I was to ignore it, I feel like I would be doing a disservice um, for our listeners too, because I'm like, this is just a part of me. And there's going to be times and weekends and days where it just does not feel good to be happy and light and funny. And we've done been doing this for six years. We're on our 300 some odd episode that it's just going to happen. Like we are going to talk about these things. And I think that's just really important. But I I agree with you as far as if someone out there listening is like, oh, this just isn't for me. That's fine. If you need to have like the comedy hour, then maybe this is just the week you skip. And I'm not going to take offense to that. That is totally, totally fine. Yeah. So I think, you know, in terms of like the recapping the CrossFit Games, like I also can't ignore the fact that like we're at the CrossFit Games, like I'm looking for the exits. You know, like I'm looking around, like wondering, is this a safe place to be? And that's like a really crappy thing to feel when you're in a crowd of people. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing on Sunday because we were watching the last event. Sandy and I had gone for a few hours and this big police officer had walked by and I'm like, gosh, I didn't notice police officers this entire weekend. But because the shooting had happened Saturday night in Dayton, um, I was very aware of this police officer walking around this huge crowd monitoring. And while they have a, what's a, what's I'm going to call it? Um, the thing you walk through my security check Metal detector. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Metal detector walking through people could easily sneak into the CrossFit well, games. With and you some, pass yeah. your bag through and they just glance. They glance at it. I mean, yeah. I, had brought, I was bringing in my cooler that had for my, like for pumping and like, they didn't open my cooler. That was inside, you know, like I easily, you easily could have like a bag inside a bag. I mean, it doesn't like, I'm yeah. not sitting here to like critic, crit- right, right, right. But the point like, being too is like is, right. nowhere, it's like hard we're to kind feel of safe. Yeah. It's hard to feel safe. So anyway, let's, let's back up really quick and let's do a quick recap of the games because I do want to talk about that and process that just a little bit. I thought it was great as far as meeting all of our listeners I'll say it a million times. It was so great to meet you. And if you're listening and that you were one of them, I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for supporting us over the years and just being so loving and welcoming and kind and coming up to us and introducing yourself. And I know some people get nervous when they introduce themselves to us, but we really, 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 it means so much to us. Um, so thank you so much for supporting us. And, and it was so lovely to meet you. We had such a blast. It's like my favorite part of the games is getting to meet all of our listeners. Yeah, it's so fun. And I'm, I mean, I even posted about it on stories. Like we go to the games to meet you guys. Like at this point, we could kind of give a crap who wins the games And, you know, not that we don't enjoy watching the competition, but like that's by far not why we go. Like if we were interested in watching the competition, we would just watch it at home. 
because frankly, you can probably see more based on like the broadcast, but I think it's just so fun to meet everybody. And it's so fun to connect with people. And I love like when every single time somebody tells us a story about how what we have said has impacted their life in a, even a very small way, it just makes us all feel like, okay, this is how we do this. And yeah, um, the yeah. cutie patootie that was like, you were my friends when I was going through, I think it was postpartum. She was like, you were my friends. And I just want to say thank you. It was when we were near the outwad tent. And Is she, she the started one to like, cry. Yeah, she was like, I, I didn't, I held it together when I was talking to Claire. I feel like I can but I'm, cry. In yeah, front she's of like, joy. I can cry in front of Joy. And Claire's like, what did you say? He's like, feelings. You're like, I, yeah, I was like, don't this is cry. Great. This is perfect. Thank you for do, for knowing that I wouldn't know what to do if you cried in front of me. But I would be very, you know, appreciative of your willingness to be open around me. But I just yeah. don't. I, I, I mean, even like when my children cry. I mean, not my children. I know what to do when they cry in front of me, but. That's it. That's the extent of like things I can handle. Yeah. With people emoting around me. So yeah, thank yeah, you guys it so again. Great. It was lovely. It was lovely. And I could sit and talk to listeners all day long. One of the really cool things was one of our listeners, Kristen, um, invited me to a run on Friday morning, super early at the Capitol. We were staying just blocks from the Capitol. So the November project is free fitness in the community, and they may have a chapter in your area. So please check it out, the November project, and check out their history, check out how they started. It's such a cool organization. And so she essentially was like, look, I know Claire's not going to be into this. It's mostly a running workout. It's a lot of hugging and touching and yelling. And But Joy, if you're interested, this is where we're going to be. And I was like, well, that's perfect because I am staying right where you are. So I woke up that morning. My rule was if my body wakes up naturally, I will go because I was just so tired that I, I kind of have a rule when we go to the CrossFit Games that I don't work out. It turns out I worked out like three times over the weekend just because there were events that came up that I really wanted to participate in and people had asked us to do it. And so one of them was this November project. So I showed up, we did this great running workout around the Capitol. It was a beautiful place to see the city and it was a beautiful experience. But people like show up and they like yell at you and they're like, who's new here? And I like raise my hand with like five other people and they literally like form this circle around you and yell your name at the top of their lungs. This is like 6.30 in the morning. So I was like, oh my gosh, she's not kidding. Like this is chanting and cheering and everyone gets super excited. And at the end, everyone hugs, but it was so positive and everyone once they kind of know you're new and know your name, they're like yelling for you. If they run by you, they're like, go joy. So that was really cute. And then I, we did a workout with um, Sugar Wad because Nicole Christensen with CrossFit Roots uh, had reached out to us and like, hey, do you want to come work out with us? Uh, they were doing workouts all weekend long, which was super, super cool. It was great. So we did that. I did that on Saturday morning. And then Sunday, no, Saturday. Oh God, I did two workouts on Saturday because then we had Outwad do their event from 12 to 3. And so I did the workout with them because I really love Will. Will is like my favorite person in in the world. And so it was just great. So that piece is just what I love most about the games too. And, you know, of course we like stopped to watch some of the events, which was really fun. But remember the workout we watched where it was like the 20 minute AMRAP and like five minutes in, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I, this is, this is so boring. <laughs> yeah, I literally fell asleep, you guys. Like I was, so this is my first time traveling without Evie. I mean, she's only like, she's barely six months old. Like, the, the you know, I think um, I had thought about taking her and then we just decided it wasn't going to work out. And so I didn't have her. And I, I don't know, I think probably other like new parents can probably relate to this. Or really anyone, like, you probably, like, remember this from grad school, Joy. Like, when you are running on empty, it's almost easier to just power through than it is when you have, like, six hours of sleep, where it's, like, almost enough sleep to function, but just not quite. Right. It's almost better to be, like, completely on the other side of the spectrum, where you are just, your adrenaline is keeping you going versus, so I think, you know, I got a couple, like, decent nights of sleep, but I was still getting up pretty early, and going to bed pretty late and um, just because of like our schedule of everything that we were doing. And so I was so exhausted the whole weekend because I think my body was like finally allowed itself to feel tired and I was so tired. And so we're sitting in the Coliseum. We are literally in the back row, guys. Like we are not VIP. We are literally in the back row. There's no one behind us except for the wall. 
And which I actually personally love. I love yeah. that there's no one behind us. It's it is like nice. my you security can, like, blanket. Not yeah. have to worry. And no it's people. A great, it's a great view, actually. It really is. It's like the Coliseum is not that big to where if you're like in the nosebleeds, you can't see. It's really not that bad. So anyway, it's not like the Pepsi Center or something. So where am I going with this? Okay. So we're sitting there watching this workout and I like lean over and put my head in my hand. And next thing I know, I'm like, <laughs> I fell asleep in the middle I of the event. I turned to Claire like, and I was like, go- I'm so bored. And you look at me and you're like, I literally just fell asleep. <laughs> like my eyes are like red so- and watery. Yeah, was, yeah. So that wasn't our favorite event. Um, no, I mean, I guess some of the events, it's kind of like that where we didn't, of course, to be fair, we didn't watch a lot of the events for that same reason. It's like, I have such a hard time sitting and focusing when we're at the games because there's so much to do and there's so many activities. And the app is really great, like how they kind of give you all the things going on on the weekends. So you can kind of plan your weekend out. It's just, it's so much fun. So it's really hard for me. I think I would feel differently if I was there to watch an athlete I knew, like my friend was competing. Obviously, I think that would be a different scenario. But yeah, it's really hard to focus. I just want to do all the things, see all the people and drink all the Zevias in the world. I think I drank my weight in Zevias because they hand out free Zevias all weekend long. Yeah. So I was like, I'm so thirsty. I need another Zevia. Need another Zevia. Like every time we'd walk in the Venner Village, be like, I'm just going to go grab a Zevia. Like, okay. So there has been, you know, some controversy around the way the games were set up, yeah. all of the cuts, all of the programming. I think Dave Castro's take on this, you know, just like Dave is known to be, is a little bit cutthroat where he's like, for everyone complaining about the cuts, go home and get better. Like, don't complain if you didn't show up to win, you know, basically. And I think I kind of get that. But at the same time, I also really respect the opinions of the veterans games athletes who are like, okay, I get it. It's the CrossFit games and you're supposed to be ready for anything. But at the same time, this feels like we weren't really tested enough to already have been cut. You know, if you're truly trying to find like the fittest on earth, it's kind of felt more like it, you know, it just didn't, it didn't feel like very well rounded before Mm -hmm. things were cut, Mm -hmm. before people were cut. And they used to do a cut Back when they were in Carson, they used to do a cut prior to the final like two or three workouts in the tennis stadium on Sunday afternoon. And so you had to like make it to the tennis stadium. And so that was, you know, always kind of a big deal. But this was really different. They cut Mm -hmm. the, the field in half after the very first event, which to me, I didn't really fully understand the mindset behind that because it's like, okay, they basically are saying, let's totally blow up the entire qualification process for the games so that we can get more global talent in here. Like, right, you know, regionals is really skewed towards a certain type of qualification. Like, you have to do well in the open. Well, not everybody, you know, has the resources to do that well in the open. Or, you know, we want to, like, give other people who have done really well in the open, but, like, of course, they're not going to be top 20. That was kind of what I took away from the new qualification system was that really more so what it seemed like they were trying to do was open up the open and say, okay, Matt Fraser and, and crew – you guys worry about qualifying in these sanctional events and then like the normal people are going to qualify through the open. And I thought, you know, just trying to open the door to make like the open winnable again. But then they were like, okay, cool. We're going to get all these different people here from all around the world and cut them all after one event. Like not only does that seem kind of mean to those people, which, you know, it's their choice to be there, but it also just kind of seems like then what is the point of going through all this drama to completely redo the qualifications if you're just going to cut the field down to exactly who it would have been if you had never done that. You know, I mean, that's just me, like in my own personal take. I don't feel strongly, frankly, one way or the other. I don't like feel personally offended that this happened. I'm very curious to see how it goes. I think that we talked about this a lot last year when these changes were first announced. It was like, I say this with love. I don't care. Like, yeah, you know I like, like the CrossFit Games and I enjoy yeah. being there, but I don't have any skin in this game. Right. I didn't even pay attention to the whole like Hunter McIntyre controversy either. Like that he because he got invited. Um, yeah, that, I think feel like that was just a non-issue. Like I think they thought this was going to be like this I, it kind was of fun, such like, a PR non-issue. Stunt, and it was just like no one even cared. Or no one cares. Care. No one cares. 
But yeah, I agree with you. And I think uh, I, I can't speak intelligently about this. Like if people really want to break this down, like go listen to the morning chalk up, which by the way, we talked with Justin from morning chalk up. We'll have to release that. It was like a little mini episode we did in his booth. He had like a whole booth there at the games, but um, I think it really was like watching it was a little confusing because you truly feel like if you're really going to compare all these athletes and all the different things, all the different activities and talents that they have to have, it, you just don't give them the chance to do that if you cut them right away. So changes are hard. People are going to have a hard time accepting that. I think Dave Castro knows he's not going to like make friends with everybody and that's just um, his, he can make that call. But my hope is that it continues to evolve in a positive way. And then it just doesn't like crap the bed, <laughs> like continue to get really weird and odd and make no sense down the road. I mean, these right. athletes, these athletes work their tails off. I mean, this is what they eat, sleep and breathe. And so I don't know. I just think that I, my hope would be that they honor the athletes and they treat the athletes with, with respect, given all the training that they do to compete in a sport that really makes you money. If they didn't have the athletes, they wouldn't have the games. So treat the athletes with respect. And I think that's just, that was a little bit lacking in my opinion, but. And part of me is like, okay, CrossFit, if you don't want the games anymore, like you've been, you know, Greg Osman has been very clear that he feels like the things that he's got on the record saying are basically the CrossFit games are a marketing strategy and nothing more because they don't make any money or they, you know, they don't make that much money off of the games. And because of that, if you're looking at it as a marketing strategy, well, then what are you marketing? You're marketing that your target audience is this young, super fit person. And Greg wants the target audience to be sick people who don't have proper education around their health and don't know their options. Well, if the somebody is watching the CrossFit Games and that's all the like quote unquote marketing that they see, I truly, I have no idea what they're doing because like from a marketing point of view, getting rid of all their media, like everything, it just makes no sense. But if they're saying, okay, we don't want the CrossFit Games to be the face of CrossFit anymore. If you're gonna like tank the games, then just get rid of them. Don't let them die like a slow, yeah. painful death for all of us to watch. Like, and I, I don't liken know that it that's to what the, they're doing, but it just yeah. is like... I liken it to The Handmaid's Tale right now. Let me just take a little diversion here. The Handmaid's Tale right now is crapping the bed, in my opinion. The latest season is horrible. I really want it to end. I really thought it was an amazing show for the first few seasons, two seasons. I don't even know what season it's on because it's just so bad. I'm not paying attention, but I feel like I have to watch it because I'm like, I've made it this far. I've stuck with the show. I've got to figure out, but every, it's like, they're, they're not doing well. It's a horrible show. Started out great. I liken it to a TV show that was like this amazing piece of work. And then they just do it for the sake of doing it. And now it has no talent like it, and it has no creativity. And I mean, some of the events I was watching, you know, I love Dave Castro's programming when he programs from an artistic lens where he wants to have the audience watching this really cool visual piece of art unfold. And I just didn't get that. So I'm like, what have you been doing, Dave? Like, like the 20 minute AMRAP was so boring. And I get that there's events like the marathon rose, nothing to scream at, but there's certain things that I feel like he does a good job of like making it really exciting and really cool to watch. And I feel like that was lacking a little bit. So, well, even just looking at it objectively every single year, before this, they had a new implement or a new event that had never been done in that certain way before. You know, they had different obstacle courses. Back in the day, they had things like the pig or, you know, like the um, burden run, I think it was like 2013 or 2014 when they had to carry like the log and do yeah. all those things. Remember and, like with all the bales of hay they had to jump over yeah, and everyone was, was getting like allergic to hay? 2017, yeah, they had like bales of hay to jump over. And, I mean, you know, it's just every, like stuff like they, that. The paddle board that, you know, debuted that one year and like the, you know, the litter carry, like I could go on and on with examples of things that were at the games where it, where it was like, oh, this is really new and interesting. There was nothing like literally not a single thing this year that had never been done before. Yeah. And I was waiting for, and I mean, so maybe someone's right, going to write in and be like, yes, actually they used, you know, single arm kettlebells instead of double arm or whatever, like some little, but like there wasn't any, there wasn't, there wasn't like the big thing that they unveiled. And that was definitely kind of disappointing because I think like as a spectator, I mean, again, people will write in and say, maybe not to us, but people will say like, oh, the CrossFit Games aren't there for, for the spectators. Like they're there to crown the fittest on earth. Like, well, then 
if you're trying to make it like the Woodstock of fitness, which is what the, they, the line they kept using when they moved it to Madison, then you have to care about the spectators too. Totally. This is, you know, anyway, I could yeah. go on and on. Yeah. I feel like yeah. so, today at work, someone was like, how are the CrossFit games? And I was like, I like launched into this whole thing and she, I could tell she just had this like deer in the headlights look like, oh God. Like, I'm this, sorry I asked. I'm sorry. Like, I thought you were going to be like, oh, they were fun. Basically, you know, she had that look on her face like they, somebody gets when they're like, oh, I didn't really like want the full answer. I just wanted you to like tell me whether or not you had a good time. And I like couldn't, it was like word vomit. Like I couldn't stop. You're like, I need to talk about this with someone. I was like, huh, I need to, just coming out. And she just kept looking at me and I was like kept trying to stop myself and I just couldn't. I was like, but huh, I need to tell you about what happened with Matt Frazier and Noah Olson. I really wanted Noah Olson to win. Me oh, too. he was doing so well. It was so great. Okay. The last thing I want to say about that is my, so I think most people know probably from Instagram stories is I am on a bachelor fantasy league uh, with my husband, which I highly recommend you guys. We don't watch the bachelor thinking it's like real life. Just, I just want to make, make that very clear. Scott and I watched the show and we're on a fantasy league with a, a, like a couple of other couples for the pure fun and hilariousness of it. Like we watch the show and I laugh so hard watching Scott watch the show. It is just so funny to me because <laughs> anyway, so, <laughs> so we're on this fantasy league, fantasy league, right? And if anyone has watched this most recent season of the bachelorette, one of the guys on there, his name's Luke P Luke P does CrossFit. He was the biggest jerk this season. Like I, with, I'm not going to go into details because if you haven't watched the show, you're going to be like, I don't even give a crap. Just let's just say he's, the, he's a jerk, biggest jerk. And if you've watched the show, you know what I'm talking about, but he does CrossFit. And I saw someone like message me and was like, Oh my gosh, Luke P is going to be at the CrossFit game. So I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So I messaged him and I was like, Hey, we want to take a picture with you at the CrossFit. So I messaged him somehow. And he's like, yeah, I'll be there all week. And I, my husband thought that was like the coolest thing ever. He's like, I can't believe Luke P just messaged you. And so of course, all weekend, I like keeping my eyes, eyes out for Luke P. And I'm even telling mom Sandy, I'm like, this is who we have to look for. And then he wears a huge gold cross around his neck. <laughs> if that tells you anything. And so <laughs> no offense, but I'm like, that's just, there's a type of person that, <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, so no joke, the whole weekend passes by. I didn't see him. And I was like, dang it, I'm so bummed. And Sandy and I are like walking back to the hotel. I'm like, the only thing on my like bucket list that I didn't check off was meeting Luke P and getting a picture with him. And it was mostly because I wanted to send it to my fantasy league and be like, look what I got. I got a picture with Luke P because everyone would freak out. No joke. We are walking back like minutes before we get the lift to go to the airport. Luke wa drives by on his bike with his buddies. And I'm like, Sandy, that's him. Oh my God. And I was like, okay, I didn't get a picture with him, but I texted Scott and I was like, oh my gosh, Luke was right by us on the bike. He's like, why didn't you get a picture? I'm like, well, because he was on a bike. But anyway, I checked that off my list. Um, other thing was so weird was Paul Ryan was on our flight, which was t totally bizarre. Like the most random things happening on the way to Madison. I was like, okay, hey, Paul Ryan, why are you not surrounded by security? <laughs> so random. Joy texted me that. She's like, Paul Ryan's my flight. And I was like, what? And I was in a meeting with my boss and she sent me that text because I came in like a day after them. And I was just like, hold on. And I like literally, it was just a one-on-one -on -one meeting me and my boss. And he's, I have a really good like rapport with him. And I was like, yeah. looked down at my phone and then I looked back up and I was like, I'm sorry. My friend just texted me that Paul Ryan is on her plane. And he was like, we both had the same look like, what? <laughs> Why isn't he on? And he was like, some... Paul Ryan? Like, the <laughs> like Paul, Paul Ryan? Ryan? Yeah. I was like, I think so. Yeah. Apparently, he's flying Frontier to Madison. So the last few months have not been going well for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So bizarre. Anyway. Okay. So um, CrossFit Games 2019. We're putting a cap on that. Successful year. Great. Wonderful. Let's hope it's in Madison again next year. Thank you to the town of Madison. Thank you to the people who, again, supported us and came up to us. We were, we just had a great time. One thing that I do want to talk about really quick, which was hilarious, is one of our listeners came up and how did we get into the conversation about bridesmaids, like bridesmaids from hell? And we're like, oh my gosh, we need to talk about this on the podcast because I think it was about like how she was forced to do, I'm going to keep her anonymous. Plus, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm going to get her name right oh, anyway. Yes. But uh -huh. she was like, this was uh, she had to have like, yeah. a, like a certain hairdo. And then we got into this whole conversation about bridesmaids. 
it's because we were talking about getting her a nail. We were talking about like nail polish or something. The point is, yeah, that she was like, I'm a bridesmaid, I'm a bridesmaid. Oh, it's because they were, it's in, it's in Denver. Their, the wedding is like yes the wedding's in Denver yes yes and, and she was like but it's their like the bride's a little cray and um oh I hope I'm not giving this away cray, I don't think so we are. Yeah, in, yeah yeah just in case she's right. like I would never say cray that's not right. my brand bride's so a, little, brand. a little nuts and like I have to wear I ha- like she there was like a, a there was like an assigned sheet. hairdo yes uh, there an assigned an, a list of acceptable hairdos for each bridesmaid like in a list of acceptable nail colors and like spreadsheet timetable of like of different color codes be, of like optional yeah. versus required activities throughout the weekend. Oh yeah. The optional and required activities. Yeah. yeah. That was crazy. Um, so you've been in how many weddings in your life? Two. Which was, okay. My life was literally the movie 27 Dresses. That was my life. No, I've only been in two weddings and and they were the two, my two bridesmaids. Yeah. I've been there. So we got into this whole conversation. I was like, I really want to hear. So listeners, if you have like a crazy bridesmaid story, bridesmaid um, horror story, bridesmaid horror, hilarious, right? (laughs) Or even like a bachelorette horror slash hilarious story. I will of like things that you were like required to do, or yeah, like the the required hairdo was was pretty. uh, I was impressed by that. I'm like, wow, that's some commitment of ordering right there. Uh, but I want to hear stories that just brought up the topic where I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to hear stories because I have been a bridesmaid since I was 18. You heard it. You heard it right. 18. No, I was a maid of honor at 18. I was a maid of honor at 18. Yeah. And not for like your older brothers and because you don't have no. older siblings. No, no, no. Friend. <laughs> so <laughs> people got married real young in the great city of Mesa, Arizona. So yeah, that was pretty much my life. And uh, I was a bridesmaid pretty much every single year and then some since I was 18 up until 30. Yeah, nuts. Okay, send in those stories. Do we want to, uh, do we want to pivot a little bit? I really, I kind of want to take a little bit of a turn and talk about the seriousness of the state of the world right now because I'm more curious of like, just kind of normalizing that this is a hard time in all of our lives. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think, you know, I think there is a really important and productive way to talk about this. You know, if you guys have seen our Instagram stories, you know our thoughts on gun control. You know our thoughts on what, you know, the types of things that we feel should be done to take action against this. But I think even more than that is, to your point, just normalizing that like a lot of people don't feel safe right now. And I think that admitting that you don't feel safe or admitting that these things are really, really hard to constantly be seeing. And, you know, it's like kind of sort of getting desensitized to it, but then not really being desensitized and feeling guilty for being desensitized. And then like, but then not wanting also to dwell on it a ton and like, how can you process things like this when they happen so frequently? And, you know, no matter what your stance is on gun control, I can't imagine that very many people feel that this doesn't impact you in that some this way, shape, or form. impact you. Yeah, you're not immune to this but, just because you have one or another opinions about whether or not people should have right. certain types of guns. Well, I think at the core of this, too, is I just want people to realize if you're struggling out there, is that you don't have to have some direct relation to someone who may be a victim of this horrible, horrible incident incidents to be impacted by it. And especially just kind of speaking from the mental health perspective, as we see a lot of patients come into the clinic a lot with a lot more frequency at this time, just because the world is a scary place. It is okay to go talk to someone because the world is a scary place. So, so I just kind of want to throw that out there too, for people who are be like, I am just really struggling. Like I'm even having a lot of conversations with myself about why I need to go talk to someone again for a lot of reasons, but that really being a part of it. And so I just want to make sure that you are taking care of yourselves and not in the cliche way of like self care, but just really realizing if especially if you're a parent, um, I mean, I just say that too, because I'm like, man, if I was a parent, I can't imagine all the things that are going through your head of like, having a young being piece of your heart running around, and trying to protect them in a world that's not that doesn't feel safe right now. Like I know that the world we can never guarantee 100% safe. But 
especially with these senseless, senseless things going on in the world to have a little human being like, how can I protect you? I can't have that be so in your face every day is just really, really difficult. So I think that's another piece is like, we're not here to, to like be preachy or be on like some platform, you know, where I stand just from the mental health perspective for a lot of reasons. And I was shaking, my phone was shaking, but I had so much to say as I was typing that on our stories, because I was like, this is so important to me. And I rarely, rarely speak up about these things because I always want to have the information before I speak about anything so important and sensitive. But I know this. This is something I do know. And I'm like, you know what? I know this. This is something I'm confident about speaking up on. And I'm going to do it. And it was really scary. And we turned off our DMs. And you know what? That might be like childish and cowardly of us to turn off DMs. But I'm like, I don't, I'm not interested in your opinion because I know this to be true. <laughs> I know this because I've been in the field for as long as I have. And this is just so, pe- the information that flies out that is so inaccurate breaks my heart. And that's kind of where I feel like we just needed to kind of have like have a space to to call that out. I think also like, because like, tur- like with turning off DMs, like the extra step that it took people to have to send us a message, like we still got plenty of replies, but I felt like those replies were so much more intentional because they had to take the extra step just to go to our profile and send us a message versus just like firing off a reaction. And I really appreciated the people who did take the time to write to us. And, you know, we, a couple of people who were saying like, you know, I have more questions about this. Like one of the things that I think it is really hard to wrap your mind around is like, this is not a mental health issue. And yet it's not, you also can't say that these people are like mentally stable. And so it's like, yeah, unrelated, right? Like no one in the right mind is going to be like, let's go do this. Like no one in the right mind is going to do that. No one is disagreeing with that. But as far as what, what changes need to to happen, and I'm treading very lightly right now, because I know that this is like kind of treading on some scary waters as far as like what we want to talk about on the podcast. But like, as far as change, like there's a problem, there's a solution, and that's what we're talking about. I'm not going to completely sit here and be like, that person doesn't have mental health issues. What I'm talking about is the solution. And that's kind of the piece where I'm like, I am 100% confident in what I know to be true in this field, in the mental health field. And I welcome any argument if you have the knowledge and the perspective that I have to have an intelligent conversation about it. That's where I'm coming from. But but if you're going to be a keyboard warrior and sit on Facebook and just comment to people and say, it's a mental health issue, tell me what that means. Tell me what you mean by that. Please tell me what you mean by that. Yeah. And I think I, I and I, I think a lot of the people, you know, who wrote to us were really appreciative of that perspective of like you are a professional in this field and we all have our strong opinions. And I think this is a very polarizing issue. And so it's night it is refreshing to have somebody who can say, Listen, I'm not just forming an opinion here. This is something that I see day in and day out, and this is what it looks like on the ground to work with people with mental illnesses and like, you know, not to say that this isn't a factor, but this is not, you know, mental health services are not the solution. Right. So the other thing that I posted, and I would really encourage everyone to listen to if you just want more information. And I just think it's important for us to I I don't know everything I want to go out and get more information about what is going on in the world. So where I don't have the knowledge, I want to go get the knowledge before I speak up about it. But there's this great episode that I posted and I can certainly repost it if you didn't see it, but the daily did a show last February, it was February of 2018. So if you go through the archives, they interviewed a doctor, a psychiatrist in an ER talking about um, evaluating someone who is a danger to themselves or others and what we can do and not do in mental health. We can't hold someone for more than 72 hours. So like we can do the best assessments that we can do. So she goes through this whole gamut and explains it beautifully um, that I was like, look, I'm not going to try and like explain every single detail of the mental health world in Insta stories that does it a dis- that does a disservice to the field. But if you just want a little more of an insight of what that looks like inside a clinic, go listen to this episode. They did a beautiful job and it still holds up even after 2018. It was after Parkland that they had this Say um, it again. Psychiatry- the the daily. And it was, I believe, I want to say it was like the February 20-something episode. I posted it on our Instagram stories, um, but I can repost it again because I posted it like a million other times. And I can certainly like link it to you if you're interested in listening to it. 
Let's see. Was it the... Um, Hold on. Let me, you know what? Actually, I have it saved in my in my uh, library yeah, and here. And then we'll all, we can also link it was, to it because I'm sure a lot of people will yeah. want to hear it. So we'll link to it in the show notes. So if you go search the daily, it was Friday, February 23rd, 2018. Okay. It's only 20 minutes long and it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful episode. So please listen to that. But um, I, I kind of want to know too quickly, Claire, because I know we want to wrap this up and I certainly... I just struggle so much with talking about this on the show, but like, I always want to know to how people react, like what your go-to is for this. But, you know, like something that I think would be worth talking about at some other time is like, I, I've, I have personal ties to gun violence in my family. And what I didn't realize after all this time was like how my family relives this trauma every time there's a shooting and how people who may have this type of trauma in their life. And I mean, I know that sounds so silly. It's like, why didn't you put that together? But I think when you grow up with it, it kind of just is like this hum in the background. And over the years, you don't assume that that's still going to come up for your family. Again, when you're in it, you don't realize that the way that you do if you're outside of it. But that is really kind of what hit me this week was like, oh my God, my family is like really struggling. And this is just really hard. And so I then I think of all the victims who have been involved in a shooting and every time there's a shooting, they're reliving that trauma. So I just feel like on so many levels, people are experiencing this together um, in such different ways. But my interest too is like, I think of you with your little kids and like, what do you think about when this stuff happens? It's really hard. Like I, I really just think about the future and like, what is it going to take for this to get better? And what is it going to take for there to be action? And like, what would action even look like? And, you know, I think about the world that they're going to grow up in where this is the norm. And, you know, I think about the fact that for us, like, I mean, cause how old were you when nine 11 happened? Like 22 or 23. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I was just in like my first day of grad school. My first day of grad school is when it happened. And like, I think that we all, probably most of the people listening to this podcast are old enough to have that memory of like, I remember where I was when 9-11 happened. And I remember where I was when Columbine happened. And, you know, I remember where I was when the Aurora shooting happened because they were a really big deal. And nowadays it's like, there's a shooting so often. Like, I don't, I don't want them to grow up in a world where these things are just so commonplace that like, you don't remember, you know, like, I'm not saying that these like, there's never going to be, you know, if we do have gun reform or whatever, that there will never be another shooting. But I want it to get back to the place where it's such a big deal that you remember where you were when it happened. Exactly. And you remember where you were were when you heard about it instead of just like, oh, did you hear about that shooting over the the weekend? Like, yeah, I know. This should not be the normal. This should not be something that's like, again, like I'm so sick of hearing. Yeah. I'm I'm so sick of hearing myself say again, like I don't know how to react anymore because... I've lost the ability to kind of have this like intense reaction where I go to now is like, I just can't, process I don't have it. a reaction anymore. Process it. Yeah. Like I don't have a reaction anymore because my yeah. reaction is, well, here we go again. You know, it's just, yeah. it's devastating. And so, well, and I think the thing that I just keep coming back to is like, how can we live in a country? It's so hard to think about this on a big picture term and like that, like person to person, it seems so obvious that everyone would want to do everything they could to make the world that they live in a safer place. And yet Mm -hmm. you just hear these super polarizing views of like, this is just the rhetoric to try to like go against the second amendment or whatever. But it's like, listen, even if we don't know what ultimately is going to be the thing that works, first of all, we're, you know, there's a lot of of anecdotes out there and not, not anecdotes, data out there about what gun control is able to accomplish. So, you know, I don't think this is just like we're trying to throw spaghetti at the wall here and see what sticks. But even if that was what we were doing, why wouldn't we want to do that? Yeah, I know. You know, like even if we don't know, you know, like, yeah, it's not going to be a hundred percent. Like I saw this bit that the daily show had done where he was like, listen, we're not saying that, we know the perfect solution here. People will say like, hey, more people die in car crashes than from shootings. Like, but yeah, yeah, but we try to make 
driving safer. Right. We require like, you to have, yeah, it's like, this well, is, we ugh. didn't stop flying in airplanes after 9-11. Like, no, but like you can't even go through security with a bottle of saline solution anymore. We try to make we it safer. It's so hard. And, yeah. you know, every single thing is like, there's so many other examples where people can point to that something and say like, well, just because, you know, car crashes happen, does that mean you want to ban cars? Like, no, we're not that's saying such ban a horrible, cars. That's such a, a, such we're a talking stupid a, analogy. It's such a but, stupid analogy because it's like you're talking about a human being. And my you're talking thought, about, yeah. you're talking like about a human being. Like you're, I'm not, yeah, it's such yeah. a and, dumb analogy. Well, and I think that's the thing is like it, it, right now it feels so polarizing. And I think that's the the issue and that's the like battle to fight is not... I think like Brene Brown has a really great bit about the NRA in her in her book Brave in the Wilderness that I would highly recommend every single person just seek out that one passage like go Google Brene Brown NRA Brave in the Wilderness and it talks about the really polarizing views in our country right now around gun control and but to your to your answer your question of you know what do I think of when these things happen that's what I think of is like what is it going to take and how have we not already gotten to this point where we finally sit down and say, listen, I'm willing to fail on this path of trying to fix this problem, but we have to at least start trying. And that to me is what's so hard about it is it just feels like there's it, we're all just sitting here letting it happen over and over and over again. And even my own personal self, like I can't help but feel like I am letting this happen and that I am letting these things continue to go on because I personally don't know what to do. And that's, it sucks. Like that's, I think for me, what's so hard about it is like when something hard is happening, I want to go do something. I think everyone does. I think but everyone like, does. Yeah. And I, But I think we feel like we're so afraid to do the wrong thing because then it's going to be like, well, see, yeah. like they tried this and it didn't work. So yeah, like, of course. Yeah. And I feel because like it's just it's, such it's a that analysis paralysis. It's analysis. Yeah. Pro- and again, I, I feel like we're treading on like territory where I'm like, I don't want this to turn into a bit debate, but I really feel like. We just turn it, it's like analysis paralysis. Instead of doing something, we do nothing because we can't play with our toys. Like we can't all like agree. And I was. That's the thing is it's so I'm, charged that like nobody wants to make the first no. move and nobody wants to make the yeah. wrong step. And, it's and just I think like, even like ugh. this conversation is so hard to have on the podcast because it's like we don't want to so say the wrong hard. thing and make people yeah. feel alienated because the last thing we want to do is push people away when it comes to this topic. Right. And, but it, for me, like my own personal reaction to my own personal perspective and my own personal reality is like, I have two young kids and my biggest fear is that they grew up in a world that is unchanged from this moment when it comes to gun control. Absolutely. And I, on a personal level, like my profession is mental health. So when I see this in the news, I'm going to talk about it. You guys, I can't not, this is what I like vowed to do with my life. And to sit back and just watch these comments and just kind of people throwing out that it's a mental health issue without having any idea of what they're talking about when they say that is just, it breaks my heart because it's just like, that is what is prevent those empty words is what's preventing us from saving people's lives. And like, I'm in the profession to save people's lives. And so like, that is the piece too. Like I, I'm going to say something right now that I realize is my own personal opinion and probably going to piss some people off, but I'm going to say it anyway. I was talking to Sandy this weekend and I was like, it feels like right now we have a really horrible boss. You know how like you have to do a job. Sometimes you're in this like bad, horrible job because you have to make money. You have no choice. You have no choice. You are so strapped for cash that you have to, you have to keep this job. Otherwise you will lose your house. You'll lose everything. We're, that's how I feel right now. I feel like I'm stuck in this hamster wheel of a job with this horrible, horrible boss. And I can't do anything about it because I have, I'm talking about a president. <laughs> so I'm like, I have this horrible boss that I can't do anything about. And I'm just stuck because I have to make my money and he makes all the rules. And I just have to do what I have to do because I have to live in this society. And I'm like, that's just how it feels. I feel like my president is a horrible boss and I'm stuck in this job 
but I have to do it. I have to do it because I have to make ends meet. Like that's how it feels. I'm not talking about my real, I'm not talking about my day job. I'm talking about like, that's how it feels in the state of the union right now. And I think like even just to play devil's advocate, it's not just about the president either. Like it's, you know, these shootings have been happening, have happened before and in other administrations. And I think, you know, it's at this point, I also think, that's, I think, why I feel so powerless is because I think I recognize, like, this is bigger than whether or not you agree with the administration. I mean, certainly that is not, you know, certainly that's a huge factor. But I think, like, at this point, I'm I'm at the phase where it's like, okay, what what can we do if we don't agree with what's going on? We can't, like, just continue to kind of sit and wait for something else yeah. to change. Like, what can we do? And then that's where I totally get stuck. And it's like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, then tired. we start spinning our wheels. Well, I would love... I, I'm yeah. not even saying that you're... Like, I'm not... I don't mean to say that, like, you're blaming, you know, this problem on outside sources. But I'm, like, at the point where it's like, I'm ready to blame myself for this continuing going. Like, I want to take re- personal responsibility for, like, what can I do? Right. Of course. That is going to... Yeah, affect this I think, outcome. I think I we all know. have that question going on, right? And I would love, love, love listeners. Again, please disagree with us. Please write us. Please tell us like your point because it's Joy and Claire. These are our opinions. This is like where our passions are. There's certain things that we really are going to talk about that you're going to disagree with and we get it. So I just feel like the the piece that we all get to is that frozen with fear. And because like, again, if it didn't, if nothing happened after Sandy Hook, and nothing happened after all the efforts of Parkland. Like you kind of look at that and be yeah, like, and like, what then, can then I do in do? this? Like I'm, I live in Denver, Colorado, one person, one voice. Like it's that mentality that I just am like, and I think that we all feel that way. It's like, if nothing changed after freaking Sandy Hook, are you kidding me? Well, and I like, think too, it's like, no matter what your political affiliation is, again, like I said, at the beginning of this conversation, no matter what your political affiliation, no matter what your beliefs on gun control, do you feel safe right now? And I just can't believe that you do. Okay. So listeners, thank you for hanging in there with us being very real about life right now. I think if you know why I personally needed to talk about this, I um, just really appreciate you being giving me the grace. I will give you grace in the things that you need to respond with and open up a dialogue or you know, hopefully you reach out. We always want to hear from you and keep an open mind. So I, my intentions are always good. I hope you know this, but my intentions are always good for whatever I say. And just because we have a podcast and we're kind of speaking into a microphone, we don't get to have that two-way dialogue. So I realize that this platform isn't the greatest place to talk about these things because we aren't able to kind of like, you know, you're, you may be like yelling at your, at your phone right now being like, I can't believe they just said that. And it's just really hard to do, but I just really appreciate you guys understanding that these are things that we get really passionate about and it's really important and people, we love people. I want to like, I want people to feel safe in this world. Um, it's just, it's just terrible when things like this happen. So thank you for letting us process. All right, guys. Well, on that note, go take yourself a nice, nice, relaxing CBD bath. 